In this atmosphere of worship, someone just take 10 seconds and just tell God you love him. Just love on him for a moment. I bless your name, Jesus. I bless your name. It's a... Uh, It's exciting to be in, in a house that plays such a great emphasis on worship. I got what you meant. Just move again when it goes. I got you. I'm elated to be in a home that places such great emphasis on worship. You can tell the importance of a church body. You can tell where they place their importance at by the way they worship. And so I'm just honored to be here with you this morning and worship with you. If you have your Bibles or your tablet or your phone, I want you to go with me to a very familiar scripture, the New Testament, the book of Mark. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 10. Chapter 10, we're going to start at verse 46. I grew up a little um, Pentecostal, so it was our custom to stand for the reading of God's word. Can you stand as we begin to read the word of the Lord? I magnify your name, Jesus. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. If you don't... Uh, if you don't get to read your Bible all week, we're going to do a little bit of reading this morning. If you have it, say amen. 
It says, now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. That's important right there. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. And follow Jesus on the road. If you can repeat, or if I could have a subject, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. Come on, say, neighbor. Today is your day. This time it's your time. A miracle named Jesus is passing you by. You may be seated. Have a seat. As I dive right into this, forgive me if I seem a little bit at haste. I want to get back to worship because um, I believe that's the primary focal point of why we gather in the first place. Amen. Uh, but I don't want to continue in worship when I know that there's someone in this room who is needing to receive this so that they could join us in worship I believe a good worship pastor brings everybody along, not just leaves people behind. Amen? So I'm hoping to take everybody with me to the same place in God. Hallelujah. As I get to this text, I, I notice something here that has happened in my life personally that I want to talk to you about for just a moment. And it's about condition, position, location, and occupation. Allow me just to read to you the basic definitions of of these. A condition is the state of something, especially with regard to its appearance, quality, or working order. Usually when we use this word, we're talking about a defective state or a defective state of health. A position is a point of view adopted and held to a relative place, situation, or standing. Location, a position or site occupied or available for occupancy or marked by some distinguishing feature. Occupation, a job or profession, a person's usual principal work or business, especially as to mean of earning income. The Bible says that Jesus came to Jericho, and then as his, he and the disciples were leaving out of Jericho, we are told of this man who has a condition of being blind with a position of sitting at the location by the roadside with an occupation of begging. I'll say it again. We're talking about Bartimaeus. He has a condition of being blind. 
His position currently is sitting. His location is by the roadside, and his occupation is begging. Alms for the poor. How many of you know that when your condition is messed up, it traditionally changes how you see things? Sometimes if your conditions are not satisfactory, you will begin to question your location. You will be begin to question your position in said location. And even times it requires you to switch occupations. Are you with me this morning? So we're talking about Bartimaeus. It's amazing to me how the human body conditions itself to handle a crisis beyond its control. It's amazing. I hear Christians all the time. I even have a mentor who's going through something. He he said he went to the doctor and realized that he was having panic attacks and didn't know what it was. But he had learned to just deal with that condition. It's amazing how when we suffer crisis that is beyond our control, how we as Christians, though we serve an all-knowing, omnipresent, all-powerful God, we begin to create systems and create a fraternity, if you will, to deal with our present pain. We begin to qualify it by saying it's okay. I can't control it. So I must become comfortable with this condition. Am I talking to anybody this morning? We create a system. We hang out with other dysfunctional people. so that we can be okay with something beyond our control. Bartimaeus, the Bible talks about, creates a system. The Bible says he has a coat to comfort him and a cup to sustain him. And he's by the roadside with other beggars. He's by the roadside with other people who are lame and impotent. He's by the roadside. And if you catch this text, it's very interesting to me that he places himself in an area where people keep moving. His life is at a standstill. But he inserts himself in an area where he has to deal with the torment of hearing everyone else's life go by. He's by the roadside. He's at this gate known as Jericho, entering into the city. And he gets to hear every day, so-and-so had a baby. He gets to hear every day, so-and-so got a new promotion. He gets to hear every day how everyone's life continues to go forward, but his is at a standstill. Have you ever felt like your life has been at a halt for some reason, beyond your control? You ever felt like you had... Dreams and goals, you had prophecies, you know, God prophesied something over you, but it seems like everyone else is moving forward. But your life is on hold. The Bible says that he develops this coat to comfort him and a cup to sustain him, for he realizes that this will never change. The condition that he found himself in determined the position he was going to take. 
the condition that he found himself in determined the position he was going to take. I believe this morning that some of us have had some conditions that were not meant for us to stay in, but we found ourselves in a position that we can't get ourselves out of. Are you with me this morning? And though most of us or none of us that I can see is blind naturally, we've all have had some blind spots in our life. We've all have had something in our life that has caught us off guard to a degree that's created a crisis moment. You ever been driving up the highway and a car that you can't see beside you gets into your blind spot? And at any moment, if you don't correct the blind spots of your life, an impact can happen that can alter your entire future. Are you with me? Let me step outside of this Bartimaeus story and talk about myself for a minute, for about five minutes. I'm going to talk about my own blind spots that have happened. About five, six years ago now, what's this, 2019? Five years ago, um, actually around this time of the year, I found out that I was a victim of major identity theft. And I was in Mazatlan, Mexico, actually, um, and I was there for about three weeks. And then when I got back at my home, there were three letters of mail waiting for me by three different county courthouses, and they all read the same thing. My civil liberties have been revoked. If I am caught, I am going to jail for all these random things that have happened. And I said, well, if you, if you can mail me, how come you can't find me? Then I started to do some digging. I was like, okay, Jesus, this, evidently they have the wrong person. Um, so I called one of the county clerks and uh, I said, listen, um, I got this letter in the mail. I just want to say it needs to be returned to the sender. You got the wrong person. I said, no, aren't you, at the time I was born, David James, Jonathan David James, three first names, thanks parents. Um, I was born Jonathan David James. And for whatever reason, the hospital I was born in assigned me a social security number that was all area codes back to back. 601-701-801. A recipe for disaster, I'm telling you. I get back, I call, and I said, you have the wrong person. What crimes have been committed? And they told me several things that were happening. And I said, no, I just got back in the country. And when I actually got my day in court, so to speak, the judge said, had you had come back just 48 hours later, you were going on a worldwide hunt that you could not fly. You could not do anything. And because you were a felon or you were being looked for, quote, unquote, you could have been remained. You could have remained in Mexico in the prison there because they're told to catch you and that it could take up to two years to get your case heard in the States, to get out of Mexico, to come into the States. Now, let me tell you something. I love missions. It's my heart. But I'd be daggum if I'm going to stay in Mexico in a jail cell. And I had just finished doing prison ministry to the cartel. Woo! Blind spot number one. Issue was, I, I wasn't mad that this was happening to me. I was mad at why it happened to me. I found out that it was my own brother 
I'm one of ten. It was one of my own brothers that stole my identity, had all these stuff going on in my name. He went to the DMV, got his picture with all of my personal information. Twice. So for those of you who have been saved enough not to do anything wrong, this part ain't for you. When I say the devil in me came out, I plotted to kill this boy. I had everything set up. I had military friends that was going to give me some stuff. I can't say what it was because I get in trouble for that. I, had a, I, I was in the desert. I was in Arizona. I had a spot in the desert waiting on him. And he had the, he had the nerve to threaten me. Now, just, just so I'm not alone in this, how many of y'all ever had some family problems? Anybody ever have any family problems over here? All right. All right. It's not just me. So that happened. I got my damn court. The judge says, I'm ordering you to change your name because there's no law that is going to transfer the wrong deeds from your name to his name. You're going to have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to expunge your record. And I said, listen, I can't have a record. I'm in full-time ministry. They can Google me. They can look me up. And if they see I got this, they're going to be reluctant to have me because they don't know what's going on. He said, you got to change your name. I don't know who I'm supposed to be because I've been David James all my life. So the Lord gave me the name Elisha. means God is my salvation. And as saved as I was on mission trips, preaching the gospel, leading worship, getting people saved, as saved as I was, I was still crazy on the inside when this happened. So I needed to be saved all over again. That's blind spot one. Blind spot number two. My wife, who's back there with my son now, uh, the Lord blinded her long enough to marry me, and then he took the blinders off. (laughs) She's stuck now. Uh, And from that, I should say, I'll, I'll go back a little bit. I lost everything. I was full time on staff at a church, lost that. I was previously married, lost that. I had my own home, I had my own vehicles, I had all my own stuff, lost it all. If you're not careful of blind spots, you can lose it all. Are you with me? Second thing, I get married, we purchase a home in Mississippi, got a few acres with a little pond so I can go fishing when I get mad at church people. Just remind myself why I am a disciple, hallelujah. And while we're serving in Minnesota uh, as worship pastors, my wife gets a phone call that her father was going to be prepped for a stress test. And while prepping him for a stress test, his heart gives out and he dies. They revive him five, seven minutes later, but they tell him he has five to seven years left to live. Devastated our whole family. So we made a hard decision to move back down south. And as I'm closing out my position at the church in Minnesota, we move everything in April. In May, on our two-year anniversary, we find out, we get a phone call from my dad that our house burned down in Mississippi. Now, I'm not so mad that the house burned down. I'm mad who was in the house for the reason why I burned down. I had a sister. 
I know y'all thinking, just let your family go. I know you're thinking. <laughs> I had a sister who was is a little wayward. She's, she's taking a different route. She was going through some of the transgender things. And everyone in the family didn't want to deal with her. But my Bible says, love is unconditional. So I said, listen, as long as you're living and I'm living, you have a place to stay. All I need you to do is pay the utilities. She was there six months, didn't pay one utility. So when we move in, we move in in the dark. So everything's around the kitchen. But when they cut off the electricity, they cut it off while she was cooking. She never turned off the stove. Ergo, all of our stuff is now gone. All my wife and I had were three suitcases, one for me, one for her, and one for my son. The whole house, total loss. Blind spots. Later, a few months ago, I have a sister who announces to the family, another sister, I know, right? I know. It's all dealing with my family. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. My sister gets us together a few months ago and says that she's been diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. She's devastated. I am now mad at the, I, I want to say a different word, but I'm not sure if I can speak that way in church. So I'm going to say mad at the devil. I get very angry when the devil messes with my family. Then I found out two weeks ago while I was traveling in ministry that my mother, they found a lump in her face, which is cancer. I hate cancer. I, I mean, I can't stand it. So that's my time on my blind spots. I'm telling you, if you don't handle the blind spots in your life, it can alter your entire destiny. Are you with me? So, back to Bartimaeus. Y'all don't feel sorry for me. Don't do that because oh, it gets better, I promise. We all right. We all right. Bartimaeus, blind, by the roadside, begging. The Bible says he has a coat that comforts him and a cup to sustain him. Now, I think if we could talk to Bartimaeus for a moment, Bartimaeus would say, I wish you could see what people placed in my cup. I wish you could see the empty promises that came my way. I wish you could see the trash that people put in my cup. I wish you could see the people who said they were going to sit by me and be my friend in return. They never came back. I wish you could see how people gave contributions to my illness and to my pain, but they could not heal my crisis. People contribute to what agonized and tormented him but could not contribute to his healing. I wonder if this cup that Bartimaeus is holding can symbolize the same bitter cup that Jesus had to drink from that got him on his knees and said, Father, if it be your will. Oh, I could preach that right there. Father, if it be your will, allow this cup to pass from me. Anybody ever had things placed on you that was beyond your control? Be placed on you that you had nothing to do with? You had friends who lied on you and cheated on you. You had family members who left you. You had stuff placed on your life that just ate. How many of y'all know church folk can age you so fast? I promise I'm 19 going on 65 dealing with church people. 
All this stuff was placed in his cup. They contributed to his ailments. They contributed to allow him to stay a beggar and a blind man. But no one could contribute to help him out of his present pain. This happened every day until one day. I got about two people over here. I'm going to try this out. Until one day, there's this man named Jesus that he hears is passing him by. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, today is your day. Come on, say, today is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He said, he heard that Jesus was passing by. Now, there are two things that are different about the text. Now, it changes the tenor of its language from what he lost to what he has. So the first point I want to make is that God doesn't need what you lost to fix anything. He needs what you still have left. God doesn't need the blind spots that's been taken from you. He doesn't need the blindness. He doesn't need the sicknesses. He doesn't need any of that to bless you or to heal you. He needs exactly what you have left. Are you with me? Somebody say, the blind man can hear. The blind man can hear. So... I want to take a little bit and develop this part for you real quick because when he heard, this word heard is part of the aortus participle. The aortus is the unqualified past tense of a verb without reference or duration to the completion of the action. It simply means no reference to time. So it suggests that when he heard, he kept on hearing. Are you with me? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me break it down, let me break it down. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Let's say he's sitting right here. Y'all see him? Y'all see him over here? Y'all see Bartimaeus right here? Everybody see him? Y'all say, sup, dude? Sup, sup, right there, he right there? Somewhere way back here, there was a, a man named Jesus messing up everything everybody knew about church. Right? He was crazy. He was doing stuff out of the ordinary. Somewhere over here, there's a man named Jesus on the bow of a boat who stretched forth his hands and he calms the raging sea. They're walking over and out of Jericho. Did you hear about what Jesus did at the sea? Did you hear about that? He's hearing. He's hearing people talk. Somewhere way back over here. Y'all going to get it in just a second. Y'all going to get it. Somewhere way back over here, there's a woman with an issue of blood. For 12 years, and there's a synagogue ruler by the name of Jairus who has a daughter, same age. There's a prophetic meeting there, but I won't touch it yet. Same age. And he hears that Jesus healed this woman. And they're talking, and people talking. Bartimaeus is hearing. Are you with me this morning? He heard. Faith comes by. Hearing by. So when he heard that it was the word passing him by. The Bible says he could not hold his peace. The Bible says he could not keep still. He heard that it was Jesus passing him by. So he shot up and said, Son of David, have mercy. Son of David, have mercy. And then all those religious people who are in the crowd of Jesus, they, they, they yell at him, say, hey, 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 hey. 
He was supposed to be just a beggar. Shh. Know your role. Know your role. My son likes wrestling. We got that from The Rock. Know your role. Stay in your place. Don't. He has nothing to do with you. Isn't it crazy how we come to church week in and week out, and it seems like there are people who would rather keep you down, keep you messed up, keep you in the same bitter stuff that you're in when this is the one place you're supposed to be able to come to. And when you realize that the presence of God is here, you should be able to be like that blind man and say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Are you with me this morning? They charged, they charged him. Say, be quiet. He ain't here for you. But I love the God that I serve. The Bible says they couldn't keep him quiet. Now, I don't know what the rules are here at this Pentecostal church, but don't let nobody keep you quiet. If you came to worship him, worship him. If you came to bless him, bless him. If you come to magnify him, magnify him. I'm not here to be cute for you. I'm here to get my miracle from God. And what I need from him, son of David, have mercy. Now, pastor will fix it. Y'all come here next week acting like that. You in trouble. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But they charged him. They said, he has nothing to do with you. And he cried out all the more. And somewhere in the midst of all the crowd and all the noise and all the people who thought they were buddies with God, God stands still. Oh, Jesus. He stands still. I don't praise him for the healing. I praise him because he stopped long enough to see about me. The Bible says he stood still and commanded him to be called. Right? Uh. This is why, this is good right here, this is good. This is why you can't be angry with your haters, as we call them. The same people that told him he has nothing to do with you, the same people that said know your role, be in your place, are the same people that had to go and get him ah, and bring him to Jesus. The same people that's trying to keep you down will be the same ones thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine. Oh, come on, y'all better celebrate that now because that's awesome here. Come on here. So, so he charged him. Bring him here. But there's a problem. There's a problem here that nobody likes to talk about. If I get up from my spot, Bartimaeus, and I answer the call of Jesus, all the systems I've placed to secure me, I have to let go. Bartimaeus is sitting right here. Be of good cheer. The master calls for you. But I got my coat and I got my cup. I've suffered some lonely nights. I've suffered some cold, bitter nights. I've suffered a lot of agony in this spot. But this spot has been good to me. I've, I've been able to eat by begging alms. I've been able to 
sustain myself. So if I get up, I could lose my spot. But Jesus is calling. How many of you know that when opportunity knocks, it does not often stay long enough for you to figure out what you're going to do? Are you with me? He wasn't staying there. He was passing by. So he had a major decision to make. Am I going to stay in my mess or am I going to go to Jesus? Am I going to stay with my sickness or am I going to go to Jesus? Am I going to hold on to who molested me or am I going to release that and come to the one who can cure me of everything and give me back my self-worth? Am I going to stay here with this cancer or am I going to come over here to where Jesus is calling? Are you with me this morning? What do y'all think he should do? Oh, y'all talking real soft like a Baptist church. What should I do? Come on here. Hallelujah. So the Bible says, he casted his garments aside. Now, I'm not much of a fisherman, but I, I, I catch my fair deal. I beat Pete when I was over here. Yeah, yeah, I did. I beat somebody in fishing one time. And the thing about a cast is you can't just do that little light pretty thing. You can't, you can't, you got to like put some umph into it. I, I wish I could use a soccer analogy because I'm supposed to beat Pastor Paul's kids in soccer one of these days, but they keep hiding from me. I see you over there. I see you. The Bible says he rose up and he casted his garments aside and he went to Jesus. Matter of fact, can we do that this morning? If you need this Jesus who's calling you, can you take about 10 seconds and just stand up and prophetic as a sign, just throw, throw that weight aside. Throw, throw that fear aside. Throw that doubt aside. Throw that pain aside. Throw that financial crisis aside. Throw that pain aside. Throw, throw. He casted his garments aside and he went to Jesus. I feel a wave of his glory in this room. Come on and give me something. I feel a wave of his glory. He's you're casting aside. Son of David, have mercy. He said he casted his garments aside and he went to Jesus. God, we make a declaration today. We're not going back to the things that held us. We're casting aside all the pain, casting aside all the heartache, casting aside all the depression, casting aside all the sickness, casting aside all the... And we come to you, Father. Oh, I feel a wave of his glory passing by this room this morning. I feel a wave of his glory passing by this room this morning. Hallelujah. And when he gets to Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus asked, what do you want from me this day? He says, that I may receive my sight. Before I deal with that, I want to deal with something that is often never talked about when it comes to this young man. The Bible takes time to list his name. And in this kind of culture, if they give a name to someone, it means you should pay attention. Anytime you see the word bar in the text, it means son of. 
they called him the blind son of Timaeus, son of Timaeus. Why does the Bible put double emphasis on this young man? The rule is out still, but I believe that there's an identity crisis even happening in Bartimaeus at this point. And so when he says that I may see, they no longer call me the blind son, but just the son of Timaeus. And I don't know who this is for, but your identity has been messed with. Your identity has been shaken. Your identity has been lost, maybe in someone or in something. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God is restoring even that. He said that I may receive my sight. Now, I love Jesus in this text because he doesn't do some of the extreme things that he's done before. He doesn't spit on them and say, here you go. He doesn't take mud and say, go wash with this. He just says, your faith has made you whole. Go thy way. If this is for you, if this is for you, I want to ask you one time, as an act of faith this morning, come down here to this altar let us pray and believe God. But as you're walking, walk in faith that it's already done. Walk in faith that you're already made whole. Walk in faith like he's already answered the prayer. And just begin to worship him. Just begin to worship him. Oh, bless your name, Father. Bless your name, Father. Worship, worship. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Son of David, have mercy, have mercy. God, let your glory fill this place. Let your glory feel this place, Lord. Move mountains. Restore marriages. Bring healing. Give back the years that the enemy has stolen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. Pastor Paul, if you have a prayer team, or anyone, I'm going to turn it over to you. If you have been healed, delivered, and set free from something in your past, would you come and step in behind right now? These 